Welcome to our podcast, Inside SAP S4HANA, the official episode two. My name is Yannick Peterschmidt from the product success and customer co-innovation team at SAP. Under the motto, there's no customer success without product success and project success, we have invited today Bert Schulze to talk about business transformation, mass customization, and the consequences on core ERP processes. We'll go today into implementation insight, ACP S4 Cloud product scope, extensibility options, methods, and more. Bert, thanks for being with us today. Before we talk business, tell us one thing about you that I don't know. Hi, Yannick. Thanks for having me. Great pleasure also here on your podcast. I've also seen the numbers already exploding. So great to see that there's a lot of interest in the information which we're sharing here with our customers and partners. Um, actually, one thing about me, I'm a passionate cook in my leisure time. Um, I love my motorbike. And if I have nothing else to do, my two kids keep me pretty busy. Okay, very cool. Approaching the Christmas season, looking forward to uh, seeing your cook talents, of course. Now. <laughs> um, now let's have a look at your current role, because things have been changing at ACP. What are you are responsible for now? Well, as you already said, product success is very important. We need to make sure that whatever we bring to market from our engineering group also gets the right love and care to make sure that customers have the ability to consume what we have and also make sure that um, we have a frequent exchange with our customers about adoption and consumption patterns. Mm -hmm. In that light, um, we're running in a group which we called, as you said, product success and customer co-innovation, which is exactly focusing on those elements. Mm -hmm. Finally, it's a question um, about the NPS, the net promoter score for mm -hmm. the products which we bring to market at SAP. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you for the introductions. Um, Let's now start with the first questions. Um, we've been, a few of us, on this digital transformation journey from the very beginnings, five years back. The term is omnipresent in everyone's mouth and head. But what does this mean concretely for core ERP processes? Actually, the business model transformation requires to really rethink enterprise definitions. If you consider that a company had a mass product in the past is now moving to mass customization, which is the term in the industry these days, uh, to reflect also the ideas of what's behind a unit of one. I serve every customer individually, rather than that I serve a large segment of customers in a bunch. Now, as a consequence, maybe we slip into the shoes of, of one dedicated customers producing products in the past, and mm -hmm. now um, running in a subscription economy and have made a service out of the product. In a consequence, where the company had an invoice with 1 million euro on it in the past, they have these days 1 million invoices with 1 euro each. Mm -hmm. Now, we all know that if you would touch that invoice with 1 euro on it only once across the value chain of the organization, you will lose money. Mm -hmm. because you just can't afford to do so. Okay, now, this what you see with invoices happens also to logistic lots. So the average value of logistic lot 
is going down, mm -hmm. while the number of lots is simply exploding. Mm -hmm. But as in finance, where you need to do for each invoice your accounts receivable, accounts payable, dunning runs, you have to do the same in logistics, mm -hmm. inventory management, um, MRP, so material requirements planning, um, availability, availability planning, and I also need to make sure that I keep my promise. And this is one of the biggest challenges our, I, I do see in the industry these days. Customers are creating a new promise at the storefront, and then they're trying to keep the promise and often fail across the value chain of their organization. Okay, understood. As ACP is saying, the best run customer runs ACP, we want to help them keep the promises as you said. And you would probably agree that from, a, from an offering perspective that it could be eventually confusing the customers with cloud and on-premise or hybrids. What am I? What do I need to go? Can I stay where I am on-premise? Uh, can I continue to run my ERP, my ERP processes on-premise? Or do I need to go full cloud you know, to, to, to get to the next level and, and really deliver on this um, business process transformation? Um, one key question is the scope. Uh, is it the same for cloud and on-premise? Is the roadmap between cloud and on-premise to be at parity at some point? Can you allude on that? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think this is a question which we often hear. And it is important that what the, all the effort which we are spending in developing the product further is going into one code line. Mm -hmm which makes sure that if there is something which we develop, like a new functionality or a specific Fury app, all of our customers, regardless of the deployment option, can participate from it. Nevertheless, there is a clear, distinguished focus for each of the deployment options. If you want to run your processes more agile, and if you want to also give up some of the control from a technical perspective for the product, you can go much further in a public cloud, so in a SaaS model, so okay. as a service model. But also, of course, you can run S4HANA Cloud in a so-called uh, single-tenant edition, or you can run S4HANA Cloud also in an on-premise or in a, in a private hosted environment. This is, at the end of the day, really a question about how much custom code do I run today? Mm -hmm. How flexible am I to also move with my processes into a standard? And we also see that the entire industry is today promoting a back to standard initiative. Now, each company needs to decide how far can I drive my processes? What is the main complexity I do have to manage within my organization? And can I really move with my entire um, ERP scenarios already into a public cloud or maybe into some deviations in between. Therefore, the deployment options are first and foremost to be decided from a customer perspective based on the business need. But what we definitely see is that software as a service is the North Star for most of the companies today to be the concrete target or maybe the aspirational target of over the next couple of years to really move into. Mm -hmm. Okay. From the scope perspective, it's understood, I think. Now my next question, and I think most of our listeners have been on, on ERP uh, projects and implementations uh, over the last decades, was the case for you, for me. Um, implementation, implementation time. I think we'd love to hear some facts about what is the difference in terms of implementation time, especially uh, 
between on-premise and the cloud. All right. Um, well, if you consider that in on-premise, a company still owns the software, still owns the solution, mm -hmm. still has to make sure that they bring the entire project together and own also the uh, individual project, we see that there are transition times, for example, for a system conversion from a customer running an ECC installation today into an S4 world in between four and 12 months. So we can say that this fair assumption that on average, a project runs rough and tough eight months in a system conversion. Now for large, very complex customers, we more talk about 18 plus months for a transition, but this is then also typically reflecting multi-ERP installations um, and so on. Now, if it comes to the cloud, we see that a lot of the burden, which is typically in an upgrade on the customer base, is on us. Mm -hmm. So it's on our shoulders. We True. own the software. We run the software. The customer is just renting into a service. Um, and we have created a lot of um, tools to make sure that most of the topics which are typically consuming the biggest amount of time in an on-prem project are automated. Consider automated testing. Consider a standard process which is running in a public cloud, which is following a best practice approach, including content lifecycle management, mm -hmm. which gives customers the opportunity to run an initial S4HANA cloud project in between two and nine months. I think it's fair to say on average four and a half months for a project. And that an upgrade is something which creates a significant lower effort mm -hmm. than customers are used to it in an on-premise environment. Okay, okay. Very good stats. And to be honest with you, I think everyone expects the cloud to be faster as well from an implementation time. Um, and I understand that there's on the one hand the slightly different focus, right? But what is the other part of this equation to get to that speed of implementation? I think you said between four and 12 months, this sounds a bit like magic, but there's no magic in ERP projects. So how do you get there knowing that the scope is different, but what helps you kickstart and accelerate the project? Yeah, um, Yannick, I think the four to 12 months is something which we have even for an on-premise conversion these days. But if we consider in a public cloud environment, an upgrade takes place over an upgrade weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and the most important topic for our customers is transparency. We need to make sure that, for example, we have tools in place like our RASD tool, which is a release assessment tool and scope dependency tool, which gives customers the opportunity to explore in a very consumable way what is the upcoming functionality, what are capabilities which I might consider for my next wave within my mm -hmm. installation. If you see how customers are installing cloud and also starting to consume cloud or on-premise, it's pretty much of breaking down the scope into consumable um, um, brackets or bunches, and then they consume it step by step and grow also the implementation over time from an, I would call a minimal viable scope of the product towards the next level by including more and more business units or more and more localizations or scope around there. And this is something where we 
where we need to be super transparent to our customers to help them explore also all of these opportunities mm -hmm. and then start deploying the functionality as said before also based on content lifecycle mm -hmm. making sure that something which was implemented once in a system is easily moving in an upgrade to the next level and customers can then decide to add functionality on top wherever they like and wherever we've released something on a quarterly cycle. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Um, another question. So when I started two decades back, um, directly after the R3 training came the ASAP methodology training. Um, and there were many partner implementation methods and, and, and. Um, what is the best practice in that area now, especially for the cloud? That's a great question. I think this also deserves most likely to have a very deep look into it. Um, it's the subactivate methodology which we're uh, using here, which is an ASAP methodology and you have very defined steps which are crucial to really follow also in a public cloud environment. It starts with the discovery phase. We have the prepare phase, explore, realize, deploy and run. Um, we're also supporting on that journey customers with tools. So, for example, during the, the discovery into the prepare phase, the system landscape which we provide to our customers is a trial landscape or trial environment where customers can play around with the system even in a pre-sales phase. Once they take a decision, we start with a so-called standard or starter system, which is uh, from the prepare through the explore phase into the realize phase. And once the customer has configured the system between the consulting partner, the IT organization, and the business unit based on the starter system. We go into providing a queue and a P system, which is then guiding the last part of the activate methodology, the realize, the deploy, and then finally the run phase. At the end of the day, with a queue and a P system, which stays with the customer, they can continuously also close the loop of that activate methodology because for the next release they start again with the explore phase and then they can just run in circles and always check on their queue system what is the next stuff to come in combination also with our RASD tool as said before our uh, release assessment and scope dependency tool to also see how can I bring more value to my installation going forward. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it possible to deviate a bit from the activate methodology for some reason? Uh, absolutely not recommended. Um, we see if, if you really consider running the public cloud setup, um, the tools which we have are really um, working hand in hand. And each tool should really make sure that it goes from, from um, one step to the next step. Okay, so software, service coming really tightly together, correct? You, you name it. Um, a software as a service has two S, the software at the beginning and the service at the end. For our customers, it needs to come smoothly together. We need to have great software, but we also need to make sure that the experience, how a customer can consume it, the way how they get in, and also aspects like TCI, so total cost of implementation, and TCO, total cost of operations, are really at the best of breed for each customer to make sure that at the end of the day, SAAS becomes a good equation for our customers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Another big difference between um, a cloud project and an on-premise project is, of course, um, the flexibility to decide to get the next update. Because in the end, if I got you right, in the cloud, you do not decide yourself. It's pushed out by SAP. It's part of the service. You get the latest innovation. Um, 
how do we help the customer prepare themselves? Because every update, every product update might be disruptive. How can we help them prepare themselves, get ready, uh, and make sure they really uh, see the next update as a benefit and not uh, as something that's going to slow the process down? Yeah, um, an upgrade is typically non, not disruptive. This is also important and a big difference um, between what a customer knows in on-premise and how they might also perceive um, a quarterly upgrade as a critical pattern. Because customers who come from an on-prem mindset know how much it takes them to set up really the project for an upgrade with all the tests, custom code tests, preparation of the system, um, hardware preparation, but also the knowledge, knowledge preparation of their teams. Now in the public cloud, again, most of that effort is anywhere on our shoulders, on SAP shoulders as a solution provider to bring customers to the next release. Concretely, there are different aspects how we um, um, support that processes. I said test automation. Mm -hmm. So typically a customer perceives um, into their queue system two weeks ahead of the upgrade of the P system already the latest release. Then they have two weeks to test it, which sounds in an on-premise mindset critical by far too short. In the public cloud, you can automate almost all regression tests within the system landscape. And we even provide tools, automation test tools, which help customers to incorporate their own business processes and data already into the upgrade tests. This gives them the opportunity to really leverage that time window and make sure that uh, they can also have a smooth transition. Now, if you consider also what kind of information we provide on a public cloud, you could even go to, um, to, S4, to the S4HANA cloud public page and you find even today until end of 2020, the complete upgrade downtime schedule. Okay. So, I mean, of course, this is preliminary information because it's future information. Sure. But what we typically provide to our customers, I can definitely tell each customer, if you ever receive the 2011 release, which is the, the November release in the year 2020, it will have an RTC on October 28th. And we also know that the quality and starter system will be provided on October 31st slash November 1st. And we're doing an upgrade of the production system on November 14th and 15th. This kind of transparency um, and the clear advice on what needs to be done on each particular step is something which customers appreciate and help them, of course, to also plan their upgrades going forward. Okay. Well, I have to say, this sounds like a plan for the customer. Bert, thanks a ton. This was very helpful. You've nailed down a few key concepts uh, from methods to projects to product. I think this will give our audience some good food for thoughts for the next time. In the next episode, as you said already, we will go deeper in the SAP Activate methods and share insights not only from the theory, but of course coming from the projects. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it. This was our podcast Inside SAP S4HANA Episode 2. And if you'd like to submit a topic, as usual, send your ideas via insightS4 at sap.com. Thanks and talk to you next time. Thanks for having me.